0: make yourself a cuppa, cast your minds back to 2013, because it's time for more Bouncy Museums Natters. I'm Michael, the digital engagement curator at Bouncy Museums. Not sure why I've just pointed to the store that I'm in at Experience Barnsley, because this is a podcast and obviously you can't see me. So in the last episode, we took you back to the build-up to Experience Barnsley, and this episode is all about the opening and those first few days, weeks and months. Now I think it's fair to say that the people, the quite small team of people who worked on the museum, um, that first opening day and that week is a bit of a haze really. We'd all been quite busy, that's a bit of an understatement really, to make sure that everything was ready in the museum and it was ready for those thousands of people to come and see us in the opening weekend. So at the time I was working in Barnsley Archives but I'd also been helping out with some of the images and AV content that you can now see in the main galleries in the museum. One of my main memories from that summer is that we had quite a few nice warm weekends and I, as a music fan, really enjoyed going to Lock Park and then realised that the festival, the um, Covers Festival, was in a tent on the warmest day of the year. So anyway, that's me going off on a bit of a tangent and we can save that for a whole different podcast. Back to the opening of the museum, you're going to hear more from the team talking about their memories of exhibitions and special events that we've had over the last few years. But we recorded some people's memories on the day of opening, so you're going to hear from people like Dickie Bird and Dan Jarvis.
1: I think this will be a fantastic resource at the heart of our town. Barnsley's got a very strong sense of community, it's got a very strong sense of place, and I think what Experience Barnsley does is is it, it gives us that focal point.
0: Any town needs a centre, needs a focus, and I think that's what this is going to start providing. This is very much a heart of Barnsley, and it's going to reflect people's memories, people's keepsakes, and and people's thoughts about the town that they all love, and they're very proud to be part of. What I think is particularly interesting is the fact that uh, there's a strong education element, and that local kids are going to be able to come in and find out, not just about the very uh, far past, but, you know, very recent things, what their grandparents did, things that they might have heard of but didn't really understand.
1: It gives us the opportunity to think about and learn about our history and our heritage, but it does it in a way that also makes us think about the future.
2: Well I hope they're going to be wowed, and I think they're not going to be just wowed on the first visit. It
0: works for children, it works for adults, Um, it's interactive, it's fun.
1: I think it will bring thousands and thousands of people into the town centre, so I've seen a lot of museums. And what we've got here is a fantastic state-of-the-art visitor attraction.
0: Very impressed indeed. Uh, it's tremendous for Barnsley that will be flocking into here, you know, just have a look at it to see what it's like. I hope that we'll be well supported by the public of Barnsley and also the other uh, towns and cities. And indeed Dickie, yes, we were and always have been very well supported here in Experience Barnsley. And Dickie Bird has been a regular visitor ever since we opened and even got his own exhibition back in 2017 and if you follow the link in the podcast description you can see more of our exhibition program from the last 10 years so now we are going to hear more from the team who created Experience Barnsley. Can
2: we just can we kind of go on to sort of thinking about that opening day and how we all felt when they the, we finally were opening the doors to this to this new facility and people were going to come pouring in and on the sort of approach that we took to that that opening event. I mean, my my lasting memory of that day is unfortunately the lead contractor, uh, the build contractor, running out and telling me that one of the I had to come immediately because one of the big cases in the main gallery had just shattered. And of course, I went running in like in a complete panic, and it was just a joke. He was playing a joke on me.
3: <laughs> so oh I went. My God. Really- I'm
2: excited and kind of, this is lovely too, just sort of feeling really bad.
3: That makes <laughs> me feel real, like that makes me feel really anxious just thinking about it. I know, I know, the horror,
2: the horror uh, with all the thousands of people outside. But yeah, kind of what, John, Gemma, Paul, what do you remember about that day? Gemma, do you want to go
3: first? I, I think, and I don't remember whose idea it was, but I think having. A ribbon, a big red ribbon with experienced Barnsley on, all the way around the crowd that every single person could cut was an absolute stroke of genius. And I think that is something that everybody still remembers. I've got my piece of ribbon at home. I will keep it. I've got mine. Everyone's got their ribbon. My auntie's got her ribbon. You know, it's just, it was one of those things that it was. Because the whole ethos was, these are your stories, this is, this is the museum created together. It was, you know, we, obviously we wanted the dignitaries there, we wanted everybody important there, but our important people were our community and the schools and everybody that we'd worked with and donated. And to see everybody lined up outside, everybody holding their own piece of ribbon and, and one, two, three, and we cut it and everybody then filed in, it was just amazing. You see,
4: see, I, I feel that I missed out a little bit on that because um, I didn't go outside the town hall. I was, I was in archives, uh, trying to make sure that everything was 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 going okay. So. I I did see um, the the unofficial ribbon cutting ceremony at the the door to the archives, but I wasn't outside, so I didn't get to witness that. But lots of hundreds of people came in in the hours afterwards and showed me their bits of ribbon and were, uh, you know, absolutely bowled over by how everything was going and so enthusiastic and so optimistic for the future. That was the that was the bit that I remember was the um,
1: it was just waiting people for people to come into the galleries for the first time. Um, and the first bit was very slight surprise, because I think the first person to come into the galleries was Gemma running down the <laughs> corridor to be the first to <laughs> remember when you did running shouting down that ramp. But then it was as people came in and started touching stuff, pointing at stuff, smiling, laughing. Um, and that was in a general sense, just lovely and positive. But... I think also it's it's hard to kind of you know you can't really exaggerate this to which degree to which us as a project team and all the people we work with we'd written tens of thousands of words created you know dozens of hours of films chosen hundreds of objects and stuff and worked with so many people to pull it together and we've been obsessed for five years about how people were going to respond to it and engage with it and we tried to imagine how people would respond to each word or each bit or each part of the galleries and all this kind of thing. So to actually to see people come in and you stood there going, they're laughing when we waited them to, and oh my, look at them reading that. And I know it was just absolute kind of it was just I s I can't, you know, think about to it now properly for, for the first time since then, but it was just an unbelievable feeling.
3: So proud, like we were all so proud and still are so proud of what we what we did and how everybody came together to achieve to achieve it but yeah I do remember people coming down that corridor on the first day that first kind of few minutes thinking oh god what are people gonna say what are people gonna think and then all of a sudden there was like hundreds of people in the gallery and yeah just amazing
1: it's like what you said before Gemma it was it was the people who donated stuff but the people we'd work with because for me that was one of the because not to put too fine a point on it we had an absolutely tiny project team Mm -hmm. and we were kind of doing other stuff at the same time and that kind of thing. so what made it possible was the way in which people mobilised, not just to donate stuff, but to actually play a really important part in creating things and pulling things together. So I'm thinking about, you know, people like the, you know, the football team or the local history groups who not only gave ideas but actually mobilized and made films and you know and and literally wrote their own content or do you see what I mean? And they were such an important part of it. And to actually remember those people come in, and it was the people who would donated stuff, being part of making it all, everybody got dressed up for the occasion and that kind of thing. Um, To see them all and then just realise all that anticipation, which we kind of sensed, but we hadn't quite realised exactly what it meant. Um, So yeah, like all of it, it was basically about those people as opposed to kind of just us building a museum, if you see what I mean.
2: And I think you can also, um, the sense that the museum was such good quality as well. I I remember people being quite taken aback. um, just you know how spectacular it looked especially in the main gallery it was just how we were treating these objects just as as all being equally important whether it was a Roman coin hoard or a pair of shoes somebody wore on the the eve of the millennium you know it was that and the lighting was beautiful and everything was just such high quality I remember a lot of comments about that as well and just being, being able to be really proud of what we'd created So in terms of thinking back over the last ten years, I mean, what what kind of you your sort of favourite kind of um, moments in terms of experience Barnsley and all that it's been and achieved the exhibitions, the awards. Um, I mean, I remember the 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 award for engagement was just unbelievable that we got um, early doors. and just some fantastic exhibitions, the Romans, the Vikings, the co-op, doll. Gemma, do you want to tell us a bit about your favourite bits?
3: Oh, where to start? I think I think looking back now, you know, when when you start thinking about it, collecting some of those objects like we've talked about was brilliant. And becoming um almost a kind of expert in things that you never knew about before, just for that brief moment, Nipsey and know and spell. I remember sitting with good old Tommy for hours in this house talking about Nipsey and Ner and spell and I became this like resident expert for a, a short period. So just, you know, finding out all these fascinating things was just brilliant. And then once we'd opened, I think the Romans really kicked off that kind of, you know, old oh, Barnsley has got this massive long history and haven't we got these amazing objects and and getting schools involved um, you know, to come down to the exhibition, we were just absolutely piles of people every day. Coming to see different things was great. Um, I think the the work we did around the First World War centenary that's that's some of my favourite kind of time. Um, being able to tell those stories of the Barnsley pals and create that temporary piece of art, which has has gone on and grown its own. Um, kind of legs as well as 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 a more permanent piece so some of these things that you think you're just going to work on for a short time and they're actually still still there and still relevant 10 years later is just fantastic I think we have to mention women against pit closures and the youth panel and the awards that we got for for that piece of work which you know it was never intended to to be that when we started out it was marking the 30th anniversary of the strike um and you know, working with some young women in the town who didn't really know anything about the coal mining history, about what the women against pit closures did um and that sort of intergenerational project of putting them together and creating these amazing animations that went on to hollywood to 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 win things in Hollywood was just incredible. It went global that film um so yeah, I mean trying to pick trying to pick one or two specific moments in all that time is just it's just yeah crazy.
2: We need a series of podcasts just on all those individual um, exhibitions, I think. So just so impactful, Um, especially, as you say, the ones created with members of our community were just absolutely brilliant. And and John, what, what were your special sort of memories over the last 10 years? It's been really
1: interesting for me because as soon as the kind of museum was opened, I kind of dashed off slightly and started splashing around in canhall lakes and started sorting out steam engines at Elsker and all this kind of stuff. So I guess I've been kind of like watching from afar, if you like. Um, but I think the way in which that kind of ethos has kind of continued all the way through Experience Barnsley. And everything that the teams have done ever since—that it is about the people of Barnsley, their stories, but also what impact it can make on people, how the museum can be put a place for different generations to kind of get together. It's about how people understand what their Barnsley is all about. Um, and the exhibition program is a fantastic, um, you know, example of that. In terms of, it's not just—it's not telling people stuff. The exhibition program is a fantastic example of how the whole place is about working with the people of Barnsley, kind of facilitating the people of Barnsley sharing their stories as opposed to telling people um, what they should know about things. Um, I think there's some, been some, you know, kind of real high points around that. Obviously the, the place has won a lot of awards which has been brilliant. I think when Covid hit and I think, you know, the digital response to Covid um, and the wider kind of outreach which kind of sensed around Experience Barnsley um, was just astonishing. And again, epitomized everything that the place was about really and what it was was hoped to be and, and certainly what it's done beyond all expectations. And of course, that was led to being shortlisted for Museum of the Year, which was absolutely incredible. I think if you told any of us kind of 15 years ago, that we might be getting a review in the museum's journal or we'd getting this kind of response to the Barnsley people will be saying, you what? But then for us all to be going on London, to be on live telly because we're shortlisted for the biggest museum prize in the in, in the world um, for this museum that had been created in Barnsley Town Hall, I think nobody would have, well, we wouldn't have believed ourselves, would we could even kind of considered that was going to happen. Um, so, yeah, I just think the last 10 years and what the teams have done since the place opened has been absolutely astonishing and what the place continues to mean. Um, yeah, for the communities of Barnsley, we kind of cross all ages, but also the people come from further afield and are still gobsmacked about what the place is and, and, the, sh- and the stories that it's sharing and everything.
2: Paul, well, I remember the very first exhibition was actually inspired by the archive collection. Um, do you want to sort of just give us a couple of memories of that, and maybe um, yeah. a couple of others that have been particularly sort of um, you know pivotal to
4: the archive collection? I think I think we've had so many fantastic exhibitions. Um, um, it, it, it's difficult to, to pick out favourites, but certainly, as you say, the very first one, which was that reworked exhibition, where a nineteenth-century Barnsley photograph album was taken, an artist reinterpreted some of those photographs. Photograph of the local vicar, of the baker, of the. Uh, uh, the local uh, school teacher, and that that worked so very well. And it was a it was a temporary exhibition that was put together so very quickly because we realised that we had that space and we had to do something with it. But it worked so so very well. Um, and I think moving on from that, the the exhibitions that really stick in my mind, as, as Gemma's already mentioned, are the World War One exhibitions, the three that we had between 2014 and 2018 to mark the centenary of the start of the war. The at the end of the war, and of course the Somme in the middle. There, they they really stick in my mind because I think they really uh, generated a lot of interest locally, and certainly a lot of donations. People came forward with their World War One photographs, their diaries, um, memories of Great Uncle Arthur who fought in the Somme. Uh, so that really sticks in my mind. But the other thing I think is um, that when we. Um, managed to get the Barnsley Market Charter uh, back to exhibit from the National Archives. That was the first time that that document had been exhibited in Barnsley since 1249, when it was originally signed. So it was really great to get that back uh, temporarily. Um, and on top of that, as always, as already has been mentioned, you know the the, the fantastic awards that we've got. Um, in particular, I suppose the Museum of the Year nomination, which was just fantastic. Um, the record-keeping uh, service of the year award that we got for archives. And, um, and of course, for me, from an archives perspective, getting all the collections under the one roof for the very first time has been a massive milestone. You know, it means that uh, we can provide access to our customers in archives to any of the items in the collection in a matter of minutes, which was just unheard of before. Um, so bringing together archives um, and museums has been... Just amazing.
3: I think the co-op exhibition was a good example of that one, Paul. And the, the whole co-op project, actually, because that was lottery funded, project but it was really about the museum and archive working together on a on a project almost kind of the first time we we'd done that in an exhibition space and how it was so kind of taken again by the mm-hmm. community because the Barnsley co-op was such a big part of people's lives um you know they met their met their first partner there got married through the co-op had the funeral at the co-op it was all that kind of you know it was so integrated into people's lives and the exhibition was great in terms of that kind of reminiscence area that we created and the Arcadia uh, Tea Room, and then we had the little shopping area. So it was that, again, that kind of intergenerational space. Um, And we got some great loans from other museums for that exhibition as well. Um, But I feel, you know, the archives were really shining, weren't they, in that one?
4: We're still seeing the benefits of the co-exhibition. You know, it's so many years ago now, but we're still continuing to get donations of photographs and memorabilia in off the back of that. Um so so lots of these exhibitions and projects that we uh that we do have long lasting effect. They're not they're not just uh, you know a, a three month period and then done with, are they? they have a legacy going forward. Yeah,
2: they really do. And I think the the you know when you touched on the stores there, Paul, the, the care of collections and You know the conservation uh, and the storage and bringing all those collections into one place that's been a really important legacy of experience Barnsley as well it's all that stuff that's behind the scenes at the museums that people don't actually Kind of sees going on is actually really really important. That was such an important enabler the project for us to get to where we are now. Not only with the museum collections, but with as you say the archive collections being brought from all over the borough in pretty poor storage conditions mm. in this amazing state of the art facility in the basement of the town hall. So yeah, that's been really really um brilliant to see as 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 curators
4: and archivists. I think- I think, I think before the Experience Barnsey project, it was, it was difficult to see a way forward for the archive collections. There were fantastic collections that reflected so many aspects of the borough's history, but as you say, stored in so many different locations. The Experience Barnsey project enabled us to get all those collections together for the very first time, make sense of them, organise them, preserve them, and ultimately you know, make them accessible to researchers, which has been amazing.
0: From someone who spent 8 years working in Barnsley Archives and Local Studies, it's great now to have everything in the one store, in the town hall and when customers come in they can see the documents that they requested on the day rather than having to just peel out a slip and then someone from the team drive to one of the outstores. At this point I should give Barnsley Archives a bit of a plug, so they're a free to visit service based in Experience Barnsley. Um, open Monday to Friday, you don't have to make an appointment for you visit, everything's free to browse and there's always staff there to help you, whether that's family history or you just want to learn a bit more about Barnsley. There's a lot more online on our website, and at the moment volunteers are working to make more of our film and sound collections available for the first time. So that's just about it for this episode of Barnsley Museum's Natters. In our next episode we've got a bit of a competition. When I say a bit of a competition, it is a very small competition, but... So yeah, join us next time when we'll also be counting down your favourite exhibitions from the last 10 years. And we'll hear from our community heritage curator, Stephen Skelly.
4: And that's the end of that chapter.